Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. How much do you love Pastors David and Gaina? We love you, and uh, we know you're leading the charge on our online campus, so we love you, online campus. We love you, Tenleytown campus, and I have the privilege of being with the Dulles campus today, and everybody is here, accounted for, and a little rowdy, Uh, so if you have your Bible with you, take it out. We're going to jump right in today. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, we are concluding today our Jesus Theory series and uh, it's, it's been an amazing journey, and I hope that it's not just something we hear, but it's something we rehearse and we start to integrate into our lives because the, the idea and message behind Jesus' theory is learning to live the seven spiritual disciplines that Jesus modeled for us. And how many know that's not just good for the beginning of the year, that's good for life. And so hopefully over the last few weeks, you've been learning and living and, and um, really strategizing and planning to give like Jesus, to fast like Jesus, to pray like Jesus, um, you know, we, we, to, to be healthy and live healthy like Jesus. Many of you know I'm doing the suit in challenge right now where I got to suit up every Sunday. And uh, after a week of uh, vacation for my birthday, I want to say that I barely made it into the suit, lost some ground. That's okay. It's okay if you lose a little ground. uh, Just keep fighting. These seven spiritual disciplines will transform you because, again, my assumption, and I think all of our assumption is that if we're going to be a follower of Jesus, we want to become more like him. We want to grow not just into his image and try to conform into this this presentation of what we think spirituality looks like. We want to take the practical steps of how did Jesus live and follow him because we are disciples of Jesus. Poke your neighbor right now and say, you're a disciple of Jesus. That's right. Not mean, not judgmental, just, you know, encouraging because we are those who say, God, how do you want us to live? Okay, we will adjust to that and follow the example of Jesus. So you're turning with me to Matthew chapter 20. As always, on our Citizen Heights app, we have discussion notes that you can track along with as well. And uh, it's going to be a great opportunity as we conclude today. And and let me just introduce the, the topic that we're discussing today. Because I came into a local church like Citizen Heights when I was about 13 years old. I wandered into this church. It was kind of like this, drums and and guitars, and it was like very worship-oriented, and it really changed because I had been in churches before, but I came to that church, and instead of just attending that church, something happened. I started not just attending and observing and, and like the, you know, the spectator experience of church, but I became like a contributing member of that church. I started serving in that church, and um, you, you can fill a seat, right? We all know that. You can come to an event and fill a seat, but there's something different when you, when you stand up and your life is, is somehow contributing and a part of it. In sports, I love sport, and I, and I was excited this week, by the way, 
to see our Washington Commanders, whether you like the name or not. Uh, one of their new uh, stadium uh, sites is across the street to the left of the quarry. So that would make parking in, uh, very interesting and traffic interesting on a Sunday game day. But I'm, I'm for it. I'm all for it. Talk about property values, Dulles campus, all your properties go to a new level. Uh, but in sport, nobody wants to ride the bench, right? You get into sport so that you can contribute, so you can get on the field, so you can get on the court. You want to play a part. And in church, sometimes we settle for just hanging out when God wants us to step in. And uh, so I joined a team. I, I, I started serving very young, 13, 14 years old. I started serving in my church. And you said, well, what kind of things would you do? I'd cut the grass. I would clean the bathrooms. Really um, glorious, you know, type of stuff. Um, I was on the facilities team. And I was just serving. And uh, after a while, they said, hey, why don't you join the worship team? And I had taken some drum lessons and some trumpet lessons earlier in my life, and so um, uh, they, they got me involved in worship, and I was playing trumpet at first, trumpet in church, and there's four trumpeters, and then they moved me to French horn, and then they moved me to this instrument called the valvone, looks like a trombone, but it's got valves, and then they moved me to marimba, then vibraphone, and then they got me on all the stringed instruments, and I was playing acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass guitar, and even the banjo for a while. I mean, that's the kind of church we were. It was, it was pretty awesome. that They had all of these instruments and opportunities. And by the time I was 14 and 15, they started having me lead worship. And so I remember just thinking, that was my group. That was my team. We thought it was such a privilege, and it kept us accountable. It kept us checking in. It kept us attending. There were days, come on, there were days where I didn't feel like going to church. I know that's shocking because you've never experienced that. But knowing I was scheduled and I'd get there and it was like going to the gym. I didn't think I wanted to go, but then I got there and I was so glad because you go to serve, but you get so much more. You know, there was just so much more in that transaction. And um, so uh, a few years go by, I'm 16 now and we start a band and we start traveling we start playing shows and we talk about Jesus and we recorded an album and then we you know probably the pinnacle we thought you know this would be the launch point the pinnacle for us I think we opened for a DC talk one time that was a, a known Christian band back in the day and so we're like yeah this is it but let me tell you Sundays were sacred the whole every member of our band our team because we were the worship team for the church Sundays were sacred. Sundays is when we serve. And uh, so a team of people who all thought, like, what a privilege it is to serve in God's house. That's what happened as I joined the team, and it rooted me. It kept me accountable. It kept me growing. And uh, it kept me in relationship. So I'd like to think I was doing a lot for the church, but it really, I was growing. And I was, and God was doing something in my life through serving. And here's what I want to share with you today. Serving changed my life. Uh, serving seated me in a place of discipleship. Do you hear me? It seated me in a place of discipleship, and it started me on a journey of following in the footsteps of Jesus in a tangible way. And so I want to talk to you today about serving like Jesus. Are you ready? 
serving like Jesus. And I think this is one of those topics, to me, this is a lot like giving, like finances. Serving is one of those topics where it has so much potential to unlock so many things in your life. And it's counterintuitive because you go, well, I don't have a lot, so I don't want to give, or I'm busy, so I don't have the time. It's counterintuitive, but God's blessing on your 90% of time is better than you just trying to use your 100% of time. And so I want to talk to you about, and I'm going to be upfront with you, there's a practical application for us here at the Dulles campus, Tenley Down campus, even the online campus. There's a practical application to this. And at the end, I'm going to ask you to join the team at Citizen Heights. All right. I'm not going to hide this from you. We have a a destination today and we have a a list of incredible teams. We'll put it up on the screen right now. A list of incredible teams at Citizen Heights. And you see it every Sunday. If you come to church, you go look at Brant and Ruth greeting us, making us delicious coffee, buying all the sugary creams that we won't indulge ourselves at home, but you come to church, it's like hazelnut, vanilla, swirl, caramel, yeah, why not? And we've got a broadcast room filled, and over at our Tenley Town campus, we've got parking attendants, and we've got citizen kids workers, and everybody's leveraging their gift and pulling and serving, and we have a list of incredible teams, and this is the thing, your heart to serve, your hand and your gift that you have to serve gets amplified to help people, to love people, to lift people. And so I want to, you know, you can preview those teams now at team, at the team fair, we call it team express, where you can just go around the room and go, what's your team about? What's your team about? Because you might be a worshiper, you might be a musician, you might be an administrative person, you might be a technical person. Uh, I want, I want you to today uh, to invite you to start serving Jesus with the gifts and the time and the talents God has given you to love and lift people at your church. This is your church. Get off the bench. This is the full invitation. I I hereby authorize and deputize you to get off the bench and to be a part. And we say this all the time at Citizen Heights, but we say we'll never be everything we're supposed to be as a church until you're everything God made you to be as a person. And so our, our destinies are intertwined. You know, can you imagine if Carlos just was, was singing at home in the shower and not taking the gift God gave him to lead us in worship? Can you imagine if Shekinah was just like, well, you know, I'm busy and I'm engaged and a lot, I got a lot going on in my life. I'm, I'm just not going to be able to lead worship for a while. I'm so grateful for people who serve us into God's presence in all the, the, the big ways and the small ways. So many of us will naturally respond, uh, I'm, busy, I'm too busy to serve. And, uh, but again, just like sowing finances leads to a blessing and a multipl- multiplication, sowing your time, that's a principle that it, it brings a blessing. So honestly, I don't think we can afford not to serve. Now you can't afford to avoid serving And so in Matthew 20, do y'all have it now? That was the intro. We're going to rock right through this. Are you ready to do it? Dulles Campus, you're ready. All right. In Matthew 20, Jesus set the ultimate example 
And he said this about himself in verse 28. I want to show this to you, and then we'll develop it further. But Matt, Jesus gave the ultimate example, and he's talking in the third person, but he's talking about himself. So this should be in red if you have a red-letter edition Bible. This is Jesus describing himself in the third person. He says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Jesus. Jesus, God in the flesh. If you asked him to define and describe and to distill his mission, his call, his action, God, what are you doing on earth? Jesus, what are you doing here on earth? He would give you the word, serve. That's why I'm here. I came to serve. Jesus came to serve. And, and here's the secret, true fulfillment in life. I know a lot of times we think true fulfillment comes from getting what we want, pursuing that dream, getting the promotion, getting the title, getting the degree, getting the accolade. We think it's somehow getting something for ourselves. But true fulfillment in life is always found in serving somebody else into something. It's true fulfillment in life is found in those moments. And, and we all want true fulfillment, right? We want like a deep satisfaction and a sense of, Yes, I'm doing what God put me on this planet to do. We all want it. And most of us spend our entire lives focusing on it and chasing after it and finding counterfeits for it. But this is the real deal. The real deal is the fulfillment that you and I have been searching for our whole lives. It's found in serving. This is an essential key to this. So Jesus was all about serving. Following Jesus is all about serving. Church is all about serving people and serving Jesus, right? It's about serving. So let me give you three simple act ideas that are going to activate authentic fulfillment for your life because we all want that fulfillment, don't we? We want that fulfillment. Are you with me, church? You want that fulfillment, and that fulfillment comes on the other side of serving. So three simple ideas to activate that fulfillment. Number one, greatness is found in serving. Now, this is what the Bible says, Matthew 20. We can read the, the two verses that come before the verse we just read. It says, Jesus called them to him, and he said to them, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your, say it with me nice and loud, servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Greatness is found in serving. And you can find it fast. That's the thing about serving. Serving looks on the outward. This is one of those, um, those strange kinds of counterintuitive truths we find in the Bible where we think, well, you know, greatness must be me elevating myself, but it's not. It's serving others. Up is down, down is up in the kingdom of God. And so we, we, we see that greatness is found in serving and, and it, we can find it fast. We have some amazing Citizen Heights team members who serve every week, right? And I remember when we went into the pandemic and we, there was a season that we were online only, we were all at home watching church and it's hard to greet a guest, you know, it's hard to meet new people when you're online. And so we're online only and lo and behold, I. I now know this guy, Brian Martinez, and, and most of our team knows Brian Martinez. 
And the reason we know, now Brian Martinez moved here the week after we stopped doing Sunday mornings. But I knew Brian Martinez within three weeks of him moving to the, to the D.C. area because he joined a team. And he started showing up and serving. I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Brian. I was like, where did you come from? Tell me your story. And he's like, I just wanted to serve. Like serving fast tracks you into relationships, right? It doesn't take long for servants to surface to the top. It doesn't take long for servants to be recognized. And some people's testimonies, they move to the DMV or they move to the city or they move to a, a new place. And, they're, and what they'll say is, oh, it's so hard to meet people here. And it's so hard to get into a church. And it's so hard to find relationships. And, and you know, it's, it's hard to. It's hard to. Just serve. Just serve. And what you find out is servants are discovered on day one. Did you know that? Servants are discovered on day one, and non-servants can go buried for years. Non-servants can go buried in obscurity for years, but servants find their way uh, into relationships. I, I remember, I look back on my life, and I, I, I'm realizing now, and God is giving me language to capture things he did at an early season in my Christian walk that installed like foundations that have set the plum and the true boundaries of who he was growing me to be. And I've discovered that this is one of like my life messages. I came to serve. <laughs> it's not impressive. It's just, I came to serve. Do you have all the answers? No. Are you the most gifted one? No. Do you have experience? No, but I came to serve. And that, that uh, I, I served my way into rooms that my gifts did not qualify me to be in. I'm telling you, I served my way into spots of influence that my pedigree and my degrees did not qualify me for. Come on, if you have a willing, eager spirit to serve, not just for your own accolades, but for the success of the organization, for the success of your boss, for the success of whatever, for, your, for God, to, for the glory of God to build his church, it gets you noticed. It just does. It, and I didn't realize that at the time, but at 21, I found myself in a room with eight other law clerks preparing lead counsel for oral arguments before the Supreme Court. And I was like, well, this is, how did I get in this room? And we did it for three different Supreme Court cases that have shaped precedent. And I went, how, how did I get in here? Oh, I came to serve. I just came to serve. It wasn't, at, by 24, I was, I was offered a position of district attorney of St. Lawrence County in New York State. It's the largest county east of the Mississippi. And at 24, they said, you are the guy. And it wasn't, let me tell you, it was not because I was the smartest person or the most gifted person. I had a value and a kingdom DNA culture that I didn't recognize at the time, and it was, I'm here to serve. Extra hours, no problem. Extra commitment, no problem. I'm just here to serve. And I don't care who gets the credit. I'm just here to serve. And, and again, I think that, that that DNA, we read, you flip through the pages of Scripture, and if you come to Genesis 24, you see that Sarah became the wife of Isaac. Now understand, if you know the story, Abraham is the father of all nations. In him, the whole world would be blessed. That means there's blessing in the natural, but also that Jesus, the Messiah, would come through Abraham and 
incredible prophecy and destiny over Abraham's life. And so now that's all come to his son, Isaac. And they say, we've got to find Isaac a wife because they're going to be co-carriers of this prophetic destiny. So who are you going to match up with Isaac with all the weight of this? And they devised a, a test of how to find his wife. Let's go and let's see who serves. And they bring a bunch of thirsty camels to a watering hole. And out comes, um, what's her name? Not Sarah. Rachel. No, it's Rebecca. You're helping and testing me all at the same time. It was Rebecca. And Rebecca comes out, and, she, and the first thing she says is, can I water all of your camels? Which was about a four to five hour job. See, serving gets you noticed. She served by watering the camels. Joseph got noticed by Pharaoh. I'll interpret some dreams. David got noticed by the king. I'll play some music and lead some worship. The woman who washed Jesus' feet, she's noticed for all of history. What did she bring? Her hair and her tears to say, I've got a heart to, to prepare the body of Christ. Listen, when you come with a heart to say, I just want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. I just want to be a blessing and build people. I, I want to take what I have and what I wish I had and just serve with it. Servants always find themselves in the middle of greatness. So we believe something here at Citizen Heights. We believe that what we're a part of is more important than the part we play. That's why when I was asked, you know, even to this day, if something's going on in the church and I have to go clean something up or go, it, it's like, well, that's, that's fine. Like, there's nothing beneath us. And if you have a, a servant's heart that says there's nothing beneath me, guess what? There will be nothing beyond you because that is the heart that God looks for where there's influence can come and, and true, uh, like just true responsibility. So what I'm a part of is more important than the part I play. And that's why on a Sunday, I, I look at a guy like Nick Nickerson uh, at our Tenley Town campus who instantly right now is going to be frustrated at me that I said his name um, but you see Nick every single week, and he's, he's ushering, and he's security, and he's passing stuff out, and he's making sure people have what they need. And you'd go, oh, isn't that nice that Nick is doing this low-level paper pushing and helping out? But what you didn't know about Nick is he used to command squadrons of battleships. And he comes in with enough bars and stripes and, and hardware on his chest that it's a big deal. But what I'm a part of is more important than the part I play. What's the church need? Oh, someone to do that. And he does it every single week graciously. One time Heather was bossing him around uh, in a good way. And then she, she realized, oh, Nick, I'm so sorry. I forgot that you command all these people and you run all this stuff. And Nick said, Pastor Heather, I, I tell people what to do all week. I'm so grateful to come into a place where somebody tells me what to do. <laughs> and my wife's like, job done. Here we go. But what does it mean? It means we leave our ego at the door because we're here to serve. So we're all called to serve. serve a servant is the greatest title that we can aspire to. Like being called a servant. Like I know in, in our culture that's probably not true. Um, but we're counterculture. We're kingdom culture. And servant is the highest title that you could aspire to. So if it was good enough for Jesus, come on, it's good enough for me. 
If Jesus said, if you want to know who I am, if you want to boil it down, if I can just make it real simple for you, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And they, he, he girds himself with a towel and gets down on his hands and knees and starts to wash the, the feet of his disciples. He didn't just talk about it. Jesus did it. Serving people into God's presence and, and God's purpose, it's our highest call. So getting on a team, it reminds you, it reminds me, greatness is found in serving. Amen. Number two, uh, getting on a team reminds us generosity is released in serving. Generosity. Here's that thing again, generosity. Uh, you know, it, we're not talking about finances. We're talking about being a generous soul with your time, your resources. Proverbs 11 says there's one who scatters but increases more. And then there's one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. That's a promise of heaven, that when you follow in the footsteps of Jesus, and you serve like Jesus, that you're scattering seed, and you're watering seed, yet your seed bag doesn't go empty. It's counterintuitive. It's a principle of serving with our resources. And we're talking about being generous with our most precious resource, our time, right? That's the most precious resource we have. And we're talking about serving the most precious thing we can, which is people. Serving people. People don't interrupt what we do. People are what we do. That's why when your team is meeting and a new person walks in, you don't ignore them and be like, well, they're interrupting my meeting. Everybody stops and turns, right? This is team culture. This is team DNA, right? Troy, can we wait three minutes? Thanks, man. Working with our worship squad here. And so what we were saying, I can't remember. People don't interrupt what we do. People are what we do. A big family means a messy house. I'll just bear witness right now. Like when all my kids are home, it's a big, messy house. And a big family means, a big church means a big, faith-filled, all-in, generous team. A team that says, we can do it. We can cook for this. We can clean for this. We can hold the welcome signs for this. We can, a big family means that we're eager to serve. There's a willingness to serve. That's why First Peter 5, 2 says, not because you must, not because you're obligated to, but because you are willing. As God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, not doing it to get noticed or recognized or for financial remuneration, but eager to serve. Come on, I love that. Jesus came to serve, and there was an eagerness to serve, always available, always able, always eager. At Citizen Heights, oh, this is a new saying we're going to start. At Citizen Heights, everyone has a team. Just like at Citizen Heights, everyone has a group. Everyone has a team. Everybody has a squad, some people who know when you're missing for a week or two, you know, because you're more than the, the gap you fill when you show up. You're, you're intertwined in people's lives and relationships, right? It's more than what you did. It's who you are. We're not built on the abilities of a few. We're really built on the availability of many. You know, and, and there's moments in the church's life where it's, it's all in everybody all the time. But you've got to grow beyond that because there does need to be margin in people's lives. But, you know, I, I, I want to tell Ruth and Brant, hey, take a, take a Sunday off, guys. Like, you're, you're greeting everybody every single week. They love it. I understand it. But at some point, we all have to say, you know, I'm going to be that greeter. 
I'm going to be the person who, who takes that place and, and makes sure everybody who walks into Citizen Heights hears a, we're so excited to see you. Some of you are built with that smile and that kind of friendliness. Some of you aren't. And if, you, if you're kind of on the mean side, we love you just the same. We just won't put you at the front door. We'll say, what's your gift? What's your passion? What are you excited about? And you say, oh, I'm excited about administration, or I'm excited about technical stuff, or, or whatever it is. See, God takes your gift because it wasn't your gift. It was his gift in you to go through you to bless the family around you. And then you put it in God's hands, and it starts to grow. It actually begins to grow. Now, all my kids have watched Heather and I live this way, and we have not lived perfectly, but I'll tell you what, our kids joined the team at about eight years old, and they know, and my kids know, they walk into church and they go, um, who, who needs help? They'll go around to teams and go, Is, how's your team today? Do you need any help? Yeah, you need any help? You need any help? Your children will not be ripped off because you serve. You will install a DNA in them that will make them so attractive to future employers and jobs and, and work environments because they bring success wherever they go. There's a blessing in this. So uh, you're serving, but Proverbs 11, we just read it, it says you're serving, but you're increasing even more. You're serving, but you have enough time and energy because God will water you. It's awesome. Serving people isn't an interruption of our God-first priority, Right? Serving is the expression of my God first priority and it challenges my me first tendency It challenges my me first tendency So getting on a team it reminds me greatness is found in serving and getting on a team reminds me Generosity is released in serving and number three and Troy is going to help me out now uh, Number three is this God is glorified in serving now, if that was the only one, that would be, I'd be all in on it. Come on, you would too, wouldn't you? God is glorified when we serve. And in Matthew 25, I, I want to grab this, and this will be a quick one, and we'll, we'll conclude and get you out to the Team Express, and you can uh, take a look at these teams and say, where I am, because at Citizen Heights, we all have a, oh, so close. We're going to try again. You didn't know it was coming. I understand. At Citizen Heights, we all have a, that's right. We all have a team. Why? Because we want to serve like Jesus. And look at this, Matthew 25, God is glorified. It says, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see a stranger and welcome you? When were you naked and we clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me wow you know what this is saying it's saying when we serve people we're really serving God when you did it for them you did it for him when you did it to them you did it to him like that's how personal God takes this that he puts himself in the place of that mom struggling with, you know, she's at the counter and you can tell she's over her head and you just step forward and be like, I, I, we're going to pay for this today. Your bill is covered. And you go, wow, that's so generous. Yeah, but, but when we do it for others, we're blessing their life. We're leaving an eternal mark, but we're doing it for him. Get on a team. It'll remind you greatness is found in serving. 
generosity is found in serving. And God is glorified in serving. Come on, I'm excited about this because when we capture this, just imagine going to a church like this where everybody's heart's open, hands open, ready to go. If we were taking a poll today, you know, we, we read that as, as we conclude. We read that text, Jesus came to serve. He, he said that about himself. I came to serve. Jesus came to serve. If we took a poll as you entered church this morning, said, why'd you come? Why'd you come to church today? I'm sure we'd get varied answers. You know, I came for encouragement. Came for, for worship. I came for a sense of community. I came for the awesome coffee. You know, I came because... I was feeling guilty or, but what if, and, and there's truth in all of those things, but what if our motive, what if our engine was, I came to serve? Yes, I'm going to get blessed and I'm going to find community and God's going to encourage me and strengthen me, but I came to serve. If you came to church this morning to, to learn what God's will is for your life, because that's a big question always. What's God's will? God's, let, I know you want micro, but can we expand and do macro? What's God's will for your life? In a word, to serve. It's that simple. To serve. It's interesting, the first words we're going to hear as we get to heaven. Well done, good and faithful performer. No. Well done, good and faithful financial giver. No. Well done, good and faithful professional entrepreneur. No. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's it. Jesus said, that's what I'm looking for. Your destiny in God is worth it, right? Come on, authentic, real fulfillment in life is worth it. People are worth it. Being like Jesus is worth it. So I want to pray with you this morning, amen? all over our campuses. Just close your eyes where you are. Father, we're thanking you today that you came to serve, not to be served. You were king of all eternity. You were God in the flesh, and you had every right to demand and, and require those around you to serve you, yet you took upon yourself the form of a servant. You came obedient to death, even the death of the cross. So I want to just pray for two kinds of people today. Every eye closed, wherever you are. If you're here and you want to respond to this message because you want to embrace it. You want to embrace the most fulfilling title you'll ever find, and that is servant. You want to say, here we are, Lord. Here I am. I've come to serve. And I want you just to take it a step farther today. Take it to the practical step to serve people in God's house, to serve people into God's family. Serve people into encountering Jesus. We're having the team express in a few moments. I'm just going to encourage you, don't rush out. Join us here in the lobby. Join us at our Tenley Town campus in Citizen Hall downstairs. Join us online. Just say, there's a team for me. Don't wait. Don't delay. Don't think about it for a week. I've found that there's a time that God moves, the Holy Spirit makes it real, and you need to move in the grace of that moment. So, Father, we just pray that we'd become an army of servants. We would serve our cities. We would serve our communities. We would serve. Lord, we wouldn't make excuses about the, 
about why our boss isn't worthy or why our spouse doesn't deserve it. And we're always looking for reasons to excuse ourselves from, a, from following in your footsteps and serving. The, the issue is not who we serve. The issue is do we serve. And as we serve, God, we're going to see you make up all the difference. I want to pray for a second group of people if you're here and you say, I need Jesus. Here's the truth of the gospel. Jesus was the ultimate servant. He served us into forgiveness. He served us into salvation. If you're here today, and really the only question that's relevant is have you invited Jesus? Have you invited the love and the forgiveness of God that he served you with at the cross? He set the table. He's invited you to the banquet. Have you allowed God Have you allowed the sacrifice of what Jesus did on the cross to be part of your life? Do you believe in Jesus for the forgiveness and the acceptance you need? That's the question. So with every eye closed, I'm going to give an opportunity right now. I'm going to count to three as we quickly close. And as I hit three, I'm just going to invite you to lift your hand. By lifting your hand, you're saying, I need Jesus. I need to accept what he has for my life. Are you ready? One, don't wait. Today is a day of salvation. Two, he loves you right where you are but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. Are you ready now? Nice and bold. Hands already. One, two, three. Say, yeah, that's me. It might be the first time you've ever prayed this prayer. It might be a recommitment moment because you know in your heart, I need Jesus. I need what God has for my life. I got you, my friend. Anybody else say, yeah, pastor, include me in that prayer. Anybody else say, yeah, include me in that prayer. Praise God. Praise God. Not just hands lifted, but hearts on the edge of eternity. Come on, church, this is what it's all about. Lifting hands in Tenley Town Campus and online campus, but God is real wherever you are, and this is, this is a prayer that we're going to pray together, nice and loud together as a church, and you're going to pray it with us. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life because you first gave me yours. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. So I surrender who I used to be, who I hope to be, and I put my life in your hands. Now say this boldly, I am a Christian. By grace I've been saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's rejoice with those who just prayed that prayer for the first time.